we make the decision to be physically fit. We put in the effort to think of it, of mental fitness in the same way. I am unwilling to give up. That I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out. Knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control. 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 Hi everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders. We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everyone. It's Kara Golden from The Kara Golden Show, and I am so excited to have my next guest here. Uh, We have Mark Champagne, just like it sounds, uh, and uh, just like it's spelled, I should say. I like that. The champagne is what I'm trying to say. Sorry, it's a early morning here. And Mark is an awesome, awesome author, podcast host, and overall has some great insight on mental fitness, which he's going to talk a bit about. Uh, So Mark, as I mentioned, has a top 50 ranked podcast called Behind the Human, uh, which I have actually been a part of as well. So thank you, Mark, for having me for sure. And he previously co-founded the journaling app that many might remember called Kyo and spelled K-Y-O, which reached over 86 million people. We're going to talk a little bit about that. And as I mentioned, now he's the author of an incredible book that is coming out in October called Personal Socrates. And I absolutely loved it. We're going to get into that as well. But Mark, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. So am I, Kara. Thank you so much. We should have had uh, mimosas to kick this thing off. I know. I know, <laughs> right? It's so fun. So take us back a little bit. Uh, you know, I read your book, obviously, some incredible questions and, and sort of interviews with amazing, interesting people in the book, too. But it made me think, were, were you always like a really curious kid or how were you... How did people describe you growing up? Yeah. It, that, it's a great question because I've just actually started to think about where all of these questions may have come from, like as a kid, because it, no doubt like it was very clear that I would say probably about 10, 10 15 years ago, we actually we were talking about this before we hit record, but a, a mutual connection, Chase Jarvis, is someone that I had started following from a photography standpoint. Hmm. And I was learning from him, I mean, just from a distance. And I only share that because what, what photography had done for me at that point was teach the element of paying attention to details and seeing the light. And seeing, you know, the shadow in the corner if you're walking down the street or always seeing where the photo is. Hmm. And for me, that's where it kind of kicked up this whole idea of being present and starting to be curious of, of what, in that case, what I'm seeing. And I think, you know, I think that translated into asking more questions as I got into my, my day work, which, which was about 10 years in the corporate world and just asking more questions and, and trying to understand, you know, how essentially how I could stand out from the pack of people that were being hired and trained up. That's when I started 
really diving into mental fitness practices because I was getting up earlier in the morning and reading positive things and coming across all of these different journaling practices. And, uh, and that was the big kind of opening moment that I never would have predicted I'd be where I am right now. You know, so uh, first of all, writing a book about this or having a podcast about it. Um, but that's where it all started. So interesting. So you were the co-founder of Keo, uh, mm-hmm. which was a, a journaling app that reached over 86 million people in a couple of years. I mean, so incredible. Uh, what inspired you to create the app? Well, so going back to that, that corporate world where, like I said, I spent about a decade there and I was getting up early, doing the reading I just mentioned, and then, like I said, quickly became aware of of a practice like journaling, because it seemed like a lot of people were doing this, and they were talking about it in these articles about just spending time in the early mornings reflecting. So what I would do is I would I'd grab the, the, the prompts. This was before podcasts. I mean, I'd be reading Success Magazine or various publications and picking out these prompts, and then I'd write them down, and the next morning... I would, I think at that time I was probably using Microsoft Word and I'd paste in the question and I would reflect on that based on where I was at in my life and what was going on. Hmm. And I just kept doing that. And over the years, eventually started using different apps and, you know, like Apple Notes. And there were, there were some other journaling apps available, but they were essentially word processors. There was nothing at the time that resembled something like a Headspace or Calm you know, and how, how they do a really good job guiding people through meditation. There was nothing in the space of guided journaling on mm. the digital side of things. And, you know, that was kind of that scratch your own itch scenario where, well, if, if nothing exists, and I don't come from an entrepreneurial background, but I was just so frustrated with the, the lack of tools there. I, I linked up with my brother-in-law and said, hey, here's my frustration over the last decade. How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip, Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years, helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. 
no English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long-term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. Thinking about what's for dinner, but you haven't had a minute to even think about it before now? Well, let's not make that mistake again. I have a tip for you. Factor. Stress-free, delicious, ready-to-eat meals, just perfect for spring and summer yumminess. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes or less. Choose from a weekly menu of 35 options keto, vegan, veggie, or calorie smart, Factor has you covered. Discover more than 60 add-ons every week too, like breakfast and on-the-go lunch choices, snacks and beverages now too. Stay fueled and feel good all day long with whatever they are creating over at Factor for you. And the best part, each meal is ready to eat in just two minutes or less. And who wouldn't want that? Factor is your solution for fast premium meals without the need for cooking. Get started today and fuel up for your spring and summer goals. What are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash golden50 and use code golden50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code golden50 at factormeals.com slash golden50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. That's code GOLDEN50 at factormeals.com slash GOLDEN50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Now, he was an entrepreneur, so you know I had some trust there and we, we got along really well and just asked, would you like to explore creating some sort of app to try to solve this problem? And that's how it started. So you saw kind of this this hole, this space. And again, this was before uh, some of these others uh, that have come out that you mentioned. Obviously, it was appealing to a lot of people. Why did you make the decision to shut it down? Yeah, that's a good question. And it's still, I mean, it's still a sensitive one in the sense that there's there are questions on how, like, how could that have actually happened, right? I mm-hmm. mean... I'll, I'll never forget. I was I was in a co-working space in Toronto, Canada, and I had the Apple dashboard up, which you know had all our metrics, and it said eighty six point nine million people in terms of App Store impressions, and and we had hundreds of thousands of, of downloads and people using it. And the next step was to hit delete from App Store, and I remember the flurry of questions, just like how could we fail at such a colossal level? Like what what would my ex colleagues think? Because I left a job that I was doing really well in and that I actually quite enjoyed. Uh, to pursue this because I didn't want to regret not trying this idea. So there was just this 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 fear and anxiety around deleting the app. And what led to that, you know, it, it's not more complicated than the fact that our business model didn't work. 
Hmm. You know, we reached a lot of people. I was using a lot of the brand strategies that I had learned about and was deploying in in my uh, in my product manager role in that corporate environment in the pharmaceutical world, and collaborated with a ton of different experts and brands. You know, like VaynerMedia and LinkedIn and Lego and Adam Grant and just you know people that had credibility in, in all these different spaces to pull in their reflective questions, and that's those questions were guiding people in the app. So. Apple started featuring the app all around the world as new apps we love or app of the day. We started getting these app store impressions, but you know, just as fast as people were coming in, people were we were coming out as you know at the same rate essentially. And you know, we spent probably a good year uh, trying to sort all of that out, and a lot of development challenges. Three, four development teams all around the world. I mean, that was a nightmare. And finally, we landed on a team locally and just outside of Toronto, uh, which came at a you know a much higher cost, obviously. And we had just finished our first round of user research because up until then we were creating a product essentially for me. Uh, it was solving my need, but I mean, I wasn't you know the the, the end user like everyone else. There were there were some gaps in there. So we got to this point where we, we, we had a very clear roadmap on what, do we, what we need to do next, but we were also not naive to the fact that we weren't going to nail that in the next product iteration. Hmm. And we had no idea how many of those iterations would be required. And we were already really financially strapped and mentally strapped. And, you know, I had, I mean, you can probably relate to this as well. And, and, you know, I had a one-year-old at the time. Uh, we were, my wife and I, we were, we were all living in Toronto in a place that we couldn't afford. Uh, I was starting to get really nervous that the one-year-old was picking up on the stress as much as yeah. we were trying to obviously, you know, shield him of that. And I just, something I learned from Scott Belsky, I just lost the conviction for mm-hmm. that app or that medium, I should say, not for the space because I'm still in it, but I yeah. lost the conviction to continue forward down that avenue, I'd picked up information and, and I could see where some, cause other apps were starting to launch now that were heavily funded. Um, and I could see how much we had to do to really compete in that level and figured, you know what, there's probably another way to continue in this space. And that's what led to that decision. So interesting. And you still own the, the own, but you still have the names of the people. I mean, if you decided to start it back up or, you know. Yeah, I still have all the code. It's uh, one of the developers called it spaghetti code, but we do have the code that we can uh, work with and all the content and, and the the data and whatnot. I mean, I spent a good six months afterwards, uh, really close in conversation actually with the the team over at Com about acquiring, you know, pieces of, of the data and, and whatnot. And, you know, trying to figure out a, a nice integration between people are either journaling before meditating, meditating or after typically in, in terms of what we used to see. So how could, you know, we could bring the insights that we had on hundreds of thousands of reflective questions that were in the app and marry those up with the, you know, the, the, the guided meditations. Um, it didn't work out. I got close, but I tried. <laughs> I think, and the reason why I was really asking so many questions on on this topic is I think it's it touches on something that I always share with entrepreneurs that if you don't believe and you're you know really feeling like you're not a hundred percent in then you it's it's really key to 
do what you yeah. did. And I think it's, it's uh, if you don't believe, no one else is going to believe that that person that's really carrying the torch needs to, you know, be in it. And I think when, yeah. you know, what you're talking about too, for whatever reason is, um, you know, it's something that a lot of founders, I think, go through. You were a co-founder, which is great. At least you've got somebody else in there, but it's, you know, there's, there's a lot of stressful days that go in that maybe not everybody yeah. sees and being an entrepreneur and being a founder that I think we don't always talk about. And certainly you're, you know, like you said, it's a, it's one for me- mental health and m- mental fitness. It, you know, it seemed like, you know, you definitely made uh, the decision that was right for you, which is amazing. But um, going on, so you talked about you know, afterwards, like shutting it down, like how did you make the transition to kind of lift yourself up and sort of go into doing something next? I mean, what was, I I love, you know, like when I hear that people did have that moment and then they pick themselves up, how do you do that? How do you, you know, bounce back? Such a great question. And because I, you know, I guess the way I describe the whole situation, but deleting the app and all of that sound, probably sounds like it, you know, it was a one-step process and then I, I moved on. But those, those, we'll call them those years, were the hardest of my life because mm-hmm. at that time, you know, when, I, when I made the decision to leave the corporate world, the question I had asked myself is, what's the worst that can happen? Mm-hmm. And, the, and the worst that could happen... Uh, essentially happened in 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 in, in somewhat of a of, of a way, but the the way I was looking at it was the worst that can happen. If I go down that route, then I just come back. I come back to this industry. I was doing well. I was highly connected in that space. What I didn't predict was as I jumped into mental fitness and all this preventative health, I just didn't feel aligned with going back to the pharmaceutical world. It just it didn't feel right anymore, and I wanted to stay in the space. But I had just deleted the vehicle that was keeping me in the space. So now I'm left with no backup plan. And again, all that stress and financial tension. And for the first time in my life, since before university, no plan forward. Hmm. So those days were, those days were tough. I, I mean, I felt physically sick. I remember waking up and just, you know, looking in the mirror and, 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 and looking at myself and seeing essentially like a broken version of myself and wondering, how, like, how the hell am I going to get out of this? And, you know, what, like, what can I do? And just, again, asking kind of all the wrong questions around, you know, why did this happen? Uh, like, why, why us in this case? And, you know, just questions that lead you further down into the pit versus, and this is when I came to the realization that I've interviewed so many incredible humans because of this experience and they're all asking a very different set of questions mm-hmm. right and and you're the same way I mean, I've got a list of your questions um, but they're all questions that are more progressive mm-hmm. and that led me to what do I want for my life mm-hmm. and that question was the unlock to at least start a plan okay well if this is what if this is the ideal scenario and this is what I want well then who do I need to speak to Mm-hmm. And what's the first step? And then that at least gave some drive and some motivation and some hope to, you know, get up every morning and work hard. And, and, and this is where I'm going. I mean, it, it took a whole bunch of trial and error, but finally I landed in a place that feels very much aligned with this book and just speaking about this and working with different teams around like how to be mentally fit. And the difference is, 
and I, I don't I wouldn't have known this until getting to this point, but the difference between now and the app is that there's still a ton of financial struggle, but doesn't feel as relevant. Mm-hmm. It just it feels like that stuff is all going to work itself work itself out because I'm on the right path. I love it. You know, no, so super super great. So you talk about mental fitness. What does that define that for people? Like what what yeah. does that mean? Well, mental fitness, I mean there's there are, you know, official definitions, but my definition came out of necessity when talking about the app because mm-hmm. at that time uh, when I would speak about it, people would look at me and say, oh, so you're talking about journaling or a diary, like the girl that's writing about the boy at school that's 12 years old or something, right? And I would say, you know, no. And first of all, there's nothing wrong with that. But no, I'm talking about questions that you're buying their books or you're you're watching their TED Talks and you're studying these people like the Picassos of the world and they're asking big questions and they're reflecting on questions all throughout life. And, um, you know, those questions are the ones that, uh, for me really, really lead mental fitness. So I had to start talking about it from, from, from this perspective of mental fitness as an umbrella so that I wouldn't get looped into, oh, you're only talking about mental health, which obviously there's a ton of stigma around there. And that's, there's, there's all these different areas that we can go down. I'm talking about mental fitness that includes mental health, mental resiliency, mental performance, all of it, right? And it's and it's also something I think that's relatable to people because of physical fitness. You know, we we make the decision to be physically fit. We we put in the effort. It's it's on our merit that we want to be healthy, let's say. And you can think of it of mental fitness in the same way. So there's there's just more of a positive, I think, connotation to mental fitness. But I chalk it up Kara, to really anything that you're doing to train your mind. Mm-hmm. I know I, I loved it. And you talked, so your new book, uh, Personal Socrates, it doesn't come out until October, but you can pre-order now. And the book is an exploration. I, well, I guess it's already, you know, it, we're in September right now. And so, yeah. I mean, how did that happen, by the way? I, I'm just, uh, it's crazy. <laughs> um, so the book is an exploration of introspection and the questions that shape the minds of high functioning individuals. Um, tell me about one of your favorite interviews in the book. Oh, you know, that's a loaded question, Kara. I'm going to see if your <laughs> yours is my favorite. Yeah. Well, we'll, I mean, they're, they're, first of all, it was so hard to pick which interviews or which, which people to profile that are either because everyone that that that's in there that's alive today I've interviewed, and anyone that's that is no longer uh, around, at least as of right now, uh, I had to do the research on it. Like Kobe Bryant, for example, example, or Jane Austen, or Coco Chanel. I mean, I haven't interviewed those those people, but it was just so hard to pick, you know, who to who to bring into the fold, and I had to really look at well. I really want, just like the app, I really want to meet people where they're at in their life and approach this subject from a different narrative than what most people are used to, like meditation coaches or yoga instructors, where you assume that these practices will come up. So that's why there are people like Maya Angelou or Picasso or Kobe Bryant or uh, Cal Fussman is one of my favorite interviews in there because probably because he 
that that story and his path relates the most to where I'm at right now in my life in terms of interviewing people and trying to find the best questions. And I couldn't ask for a better scenario because that's the intent of the book. Like, if, if I wrote this properly, my answer to your question in six months should be a different profile. Mm-hmm. The idea is that, you know, you land into it and that it, whatever resonates with you right now is where, you know, where you should probably go because that's what you need right now. Which one was your favorite? Now I'm curious. Well, you, I mean, obviously you didn't meet with him, but Kobe Bryant's I thought was really interesting. I mean, the way that, you know, you, you sort of framed it, but Larry King was actually one that I thought was interesting, maybe because I used to work at CNN and, you know, when he was uh, on there, like I think every Friday night, I mean, it was, um, you know, definitely, I always thought he had really kind of, he was one of the first people that I remember kind of having like the weird questions that, you know, were just sort of like, oh yeah, that's a good point, you know? And I remember just watching him, um, you know, ask these questions and he definitely did have some gotchas that came in there, you know, when he was like, you could just see people squirming a little bit, but I don't know. I just kind of appreciated um, that one in particular. I loved actually Coco Chanel too. uh, When I was so hard to write. Yeah, I mean, so I, hard. I remember in in Paris a, a few years ago. I mean, I obviously knew who Coco Chanel was, but somewhere along the way, I'd seen her like you know the Chanel headquarters and had uh, I had read in one of the like travel books that I had had a much more background on her, and I was like, oh, wow, she's really interesting. So anyway, reading hers. Um, it was, was pretty, was pretty interesting as well. So I, um, but you know, it's just thoughtful, right? Like you just think about, I think in many ways, even thinking back on the people that aren't around anymore, like that's what I kept where my head kept going on this. Like, what are the questions that you would ask these, you know, people, if you knew you had more time, right. Or you were lucky enough to have that interview with them. So anyway, I think it, it was, uh, I, I loved it made me, you know, super think about things. And obviously oh, good. you're a, you know, you're an incredible question asker yourself. Um, but I think it really, it really starts with kind of the curiosity more than anything that we all like have in us deep down. You know, you had said like journaling sometimes gets a bad rap, I guess, in, yeah. in some ways. But I really do think that, you know, when people start doing it, I mean, I, I, wrote my book based off of my journal and getting prompts for me was when I was out public speaking, uh, people would ask me questions and at the end of my talks and, and I would answer the questions most of the time. Uh, if I didn't know the answers and I would say, you know, I don't really know, but I would always go back to my room and take those questions and start journaling things out about. Well, that's the difference. Right. Right. Because we're all asking questions. I mean, that's the thing. We're all asking questions. It's just, they're either surface level, like, oh, you know, where do I want to work? Where do I want to live? And, and you know, they're big decisions like that, but then they kind of stop there versus what you're doing and actually taking some dedicated time and being still enough to then really dive into those questions. Like, that's that's the sweet spot that I've noticed with all of these interviews, and you obviously fall into that same, same bucket. Um, is that there's some dedicated time to think 
Mm-hmm. And if we can drop the definition of journaling, even if it's pen to paper, like I don't care what you're using. The practice is reflection. That's the key. Whether you're doing that on a voice note or you're typing that or you're writing pen to paper, I mean, there is good science to suggest that pen to paper is probably the best method from a retention and what's the word I'm looking for? Retention and, you know, just the the opportunity for that stuff to actually come to fruition if you're actually writing out goals and things like that. But it's still better to do any other method if if you're not going to do it in the first place. Yeah. It's the no, reflection I, that counts. Well, and I kept thinking too, I mean... Obviously, most of the audience for for my podcast is is wants to hear from founders and CEOs, and obviously you've done that. Uh, but also, how do we become better leaders in general? And I kept thinking that if people actually did ask the questions, that that's that's the way that we all learn. Um, through asking yeah. questions, but we always, you know, when you start asking probing questions, that's how you're, you know, kind of upping your game in, so, in some way, whether it's, you know, a division that you're working in or um, innovation, or there's so many ways to think about it. So y- you write that as individuals were one question away from a completely different outcome. What are some of the most important questions you've asked yourself. uh, And maybe that's also something that we can kind of share with people on how do they become better too? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I won't, I won't go back into it. I mean, because the, the most important question definitely in this journey was that, you know, what do I want for my life? Mm-hmm. Uh, question because that that broke the that broke the internal looping narrative that was driving me essentially into a, a deep depression. So it was between gratitude in the present moment to stop that narrative, to have enough space to even you know write down in five minutes and and answer that question. That's all it took to 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 do that eventually. But I think the the one that I gravitate towards the most and usually early mornings is when there's a lot going on. And there are opportunities that are popping up all over the place um, or big decisions to be made. It's just the question, what am I hearing? Mm-hmm. And just taking some time with that and, again, tapping into your intuition. Because, I mean, we, we have all the data. And if, if we can just allow enough space and bring enough clarity to our mind, our mind will do the work. It's all up there. It's just like our mind's like a beautiful huge library. It's just, unfortunately, most of us and just life happens. It's like that. It's like you're in the library and someone's pushed over the bookshelves. And now you've got to kind of like rummage through the books to find the one, the piece of knowledge you're looking for. And that's where mental fitness, right? That's where mental fitness can clean up the, you know, that mess and be, allow you to go and see, okay, well, this, this is the step that feels the most right. Like I've got the data and this feels like it's the right move forward. And then you can, you can make some, you know, intentional steps down that direction. So asking yourself, what, what am I hearing is, uh, yeah. is, I mean, that is, that's, that's a really great question, actually. Well, and the other, another one that, that's similar, and, you know, I brought up Cal Fussman's profile, but one that he had left with me specifically when writing, but you could use this really for, 
for anything, whether you want to, you're preparing a presentation or you're working on a brand strategy, like whatever it is, is to write down the question, what do I want to say? And then go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And then first thing you do when you wake up, have a glass of water, ideally hint, and then answer that question, right? And, and answer it just without thinking about, but again, the stillness of your mind throughout the night, like your mind is working on these things. And then you're waking up without, you know, stimulus from your phone and, and meetings and all of that stuff. And then now you can unload the answers and because we've got them. We've got so them. Say the question again. What do I want to say? Well, yeah, the, the first one would be, um, what, I mean, they're similar questions and you can use the, the morning, um, the morning wake ups uh, strategy for both, but it's, what am I hearing? Or uh, Cal Fussman's was, was, what do I want to say? I love it. I love it. Those are, those are awesome. Those are going to be my new things. My, my new things for the week that I'm going to be. Yes. And maybe, maybe beyond. I'll, I'll keep you posted. I love it. It's so great. So to tell me and the listeners a little bit more about, first of all, how they can follow you. Uh, repeat your podcast. We'll have it in the show notes as well. But um, and also your book so that everybody can go out and get a copy of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the easiest place would just be behindthehuman.com. That's my personal page and everything will link out from there. The book will be available uh, pre-order October 1st. It'll be available uh, on Amazon, but also uh, independent bookstores. And if you order directly from Baron Figg's website, who's the publisher, um, they're going to be offering a whole bunch of like special pre-order goodies and things like that. And I'm biased. I'm a big fan of their brand. There's a lot of really cool things, notebooks and pens and stuff like that, that you'll probably dive into on their website. Um, but October 19th is the big day and yeah, behind the human, that's where it's at. And I would just encourage everyone, if, if you're picking up the book and going through things, just be open and really follow your intuition, you know, in terms of which profile or prompt feels right for you and, and start there and just be kind to yourself. Yeah. Well, it was such a great book and it was, it's a fast read, but it's, it's one of those ones that I'm going to, I have lots of yellow highlighters in there. And I was like, Oh, that's really interesting. You know, it's an interesting question to think about, but it's, it's definitely going to be sitting on my bookshelf for sure. So Mark, thank you so much for sharing a little bit more about all of your goodies that you have, but also just about your experience and about how to think about those great questions and and think more about just how we all kind of up our game a little bit. Um, Thanks everyone for listening. And if you like this episode, definitely Uh, Give it five stars. We're on uh, all the platforms that are out there. And also uh, definitely follow Mark. Uh, He is doing some amazing stuff and is such a thoughtful leader. And definitely come on my social channels at Kara Golden. I'm uh, doing a ton of writing and thoughts on lots of different stuff. And of course, if you haven't already picked up a copy of my book, Undaunted Overcoming Doubts and Doubters, um, please do. It's also on Audible. And thanks everyone for listening. We're here every Monday and Wednesday with amazing interviews. And I really appreciate all of you. Uh, Have a great rest of the week. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, 
But achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Golden. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.